Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channels. The players, it's here. We have the player championship, and, it, and it's it's early. We, we get the DraftKings salaries. I'm recording this on a Saturday morning, usually on a Monday at like noon or 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm like itching and waiting for the salaries to come out. When is this going to happen? Let's get some content up. Let's let's get some game theory in play. But since it's such a huge event, a million dollars to first prize pool for the players, the fifth major is what they like to call themselves, although I, I, I'm not too sure it actually is with the field that you're getting in this one. Um, but Tiger Woods pulling out, of course, but um, yeah, fifth major. It's it's uh, it's going to be interesting. The players this week, and I'm excited for it. Million dollars to first. This is going to be. We're going to take this as the cursory first look. Now, I've done some research. Obviously, I put together the sheets, but the biggest thing that we don't have right now is Vegas odds, and a big reason why is I'm recording this on a Saturday, and it's just getting to the weekend right now at the previous tournament. So we're waiting for that one uh, to finish up. Um, and then we'll head over to Sawgrass, TBC Sawgrass here at the players. So I'm excited. I'm going to take you through like I usually do a player from each range that at their current price point, unless something catastrophic happens to some of these players that are playing this weekend still, um, and they withdraw like Jason Day withdrawing, and he's going to be somebody that I'll, I'll at least point out is wait and see the news on him. Tiger already withdrawing from the players. It should be a pretty fun week. So if you're new here, new to my content, welcome. I do appreciate you being here. I really do. It's a ton of fun to produce this content. I have a ton of fun playing DFS golf and producing content for it. I produce content for the XFL and the NBA currently in season, the MLB and WNBA to come in really a couple weeks uh, for the MLB and a couple months for the WNBA. So be sure to check out all my content. If you hit the subscribe button and the notification bell, you can get yourself into a $50 weekend giveaway or depending on when you're watching this, $50 giveaway for the podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast, if you leave a review, you get three extra entries. Again, normally like three or four people do it each week, five or six, maybe. So be sure to do that. Get yourself in for a $50 giveaway. I do have Patreon exclusive content. I'll have a final thoughts podcast over there for the players in which I will talk about ownership. I will talk about where I'm going, where I think ownership's too high, where I think people are making mistakes and why as well as having this data sheet completed and available to anybody who is indeed interested. So with that all being said, I, I do appreciate you being here. And let's just get into it by taking a quick look at what this course is doing, and then we'll get into the price ranges. So it's going to be a TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course. Very fun. I mean, if you know this course, you know it for the iconic 17th hole, which is just uh, the green in the middle of the water there. Um, it's a pizza course, which is the reason why lots of water, lots of not really being able to see the holes, dog legs, bunkers. There's a ton of bunkers on this courts um, and slimmer fairways. So that's Pete Dye for you. Uh, number 18 is one of the most difficult courses or holes on tour. It's going to be thin, narrow fairways with water lurking everywhere. Tiny greens because of Pete Dye. So 29th out of 51 in difficulty. And they're continuously trying to make it more difficult, fixing and moving around the 12th hole, um, trying to get that up there. So it's not one of the easiest holes on tour, but starts to become at least average. So it makes the course a little bit more difficult to play. Uh, that Island three par uh, or that I- Island green par three on 17, 71, 89 in total distance. So par 72, you don't have to have distance here, especially with the Pete Dye course. It's more about being um, technical. It's more about being kind of savvy game theory, laying up whatever it might take just to kind of save par on some situations where a lot of people might test it and then you end up double bogeying so marina greens we're in florida still rory won here last year gaining over 14 strokes on the field um ended up winning and really holding off jim furyk who is rushing him uh, with a i think he shot a 67 on sunday last year rory ended up winning by one stroke second time they're playing the uh the players here since march um in march instead of may since 2006 they started it last year maybe that's why you're seeing tiger woods back out with a back injury because he doesn't want to play in the cold weather, although it's Florida, right? It's not super cold, but 
who knows, Jason Day leaving with a back injury might not be in this one by the time that you're seeing this. It could have already been ruled out. But some of the key stats as a high looking here, uh, irons, because I don't think driving is going to matter as much here. So your ball striking, your tee to green game, as always, your approach playing around the green here should be very important, especially approach because these are going to be such small. You have to throw darts at these small greens and around the green as well, because they're small greens. If you're not on with your around the green game and you're, you're putting too much on it, you're just going to end up falling right off the exact same green that's very small. Par five scoring, there are scorable par fives here. So those are the key stats. Let's get into this from a um, a player by player perspective in terms of the salary ranges. So five guys above $10,000 would have been six, but Tiger did withdraw all five of the, as I say, this top five ranked golfers in the world are up here. We'll see what the, if that changes after this weekend's tournament, see if anything happens with Brooks positioning DJ, but it's a lot of guys that, look, you get the elites back in the field. And really, Justin Thomas and John Rahm would be the other elites I'd consider with Rory, who's on a, a level field of his own or a playing field of his own. I do think there's a ton of value. So getting to Rory, who, as I say, this is still in like the top five for this weekend's tournament. And who knows, by the time you're listening to this, maybe he will have won this weekend. So um, yeah, Rory um, is a situation at 11,700 where it's hard not to like him. Again, finishing T5 or better every single spot this season. He's on a different level playing field than we've ever seen him in terms of total strokes gained this year the least that he's gained was his t5 at the genesis where he gained nine total strokes he pretty much went even with the putter so that ended up just kind of not allowing him to gain his 10 plus strokes that he's gained pretty much everywhere else the bmw last august where he finished 19th gaining 2.7 strokes overall is his worst finish uh, when he makes the cut since last year's masters so pretty insane the stretch that Rory's on right now t5 or better everywhere we've seen him since the August where he won the tour championship he won this event last year if you're paying up and you want to go all the way to the top Ram and JT are in play for me JT's putting a little bit of a concern as of late um if you want to get to Ram and save 700 off Rory, but there's a ton of value on this slate in the 7K range, in the 6K range, even some guys who are usually 7K players down there, um, that I think Rory is a, is a pretty fine option if you do want to get there. I can't say anything bad about him. Heading into this 9K range, now there's two guys that I want to talk about in the 9K range. We haven't seen much of Pat, like Patrick Cantley as of late. I mean, in terms of he's this is going to be his first event in, in almost a month since the Genesis back on the uh, 16th, that event started where he finished T17. He's been just solid this year. I mean, we've seen him three times, finishes fourth in a smaller field, field of the tour, tour champions, finishes 11th in a spot where the weather got really nasty at the AT&T, was pretty solid everywhere. And then the Genesis, his putter let him down a little bit, lost 1.3 strokes putting. Otherwise, he probably finishes T5 there. But I think this is like a player who should probably be more expensive than uh, Justin, Dustin Johnson and Brooks with the injuries and the, the issues with their golf game currently. So like, I think Cantley should be 10-5 or, or 10-4 this week at the very lowest 10-2. So I think you're getting a very favorable discount. If you wanted to fade the whole upper tier range, I'd be fine just starting lineups with Cantley at this point. His game's really solid. Over his last 20 tournaments, he's gaining 6.4 strokes overall. Uh, he's been great on approach, which is important here. 2.7 strokes gain, gaining over a stroke around the green, and he's a solid putter. So very strong yes for me early in the week on Patrick Cantley. Um, and then the other guy that I think is interesting, and this is a very loaded 9K range. I, I should call that out. Webb Simpson, I mean, finishing T5 or better in two of his three starts with a victory so far this season. Bryson should have won, but he got um, boat raced by uh, Patrick Reed at the WGC Mexico. Like, this is a very strong range. Tommy Fleet would just miss the cut after being the guy who makes every single cut. Um, $9,000 this week, cheap price points. So Xander, really, if his putting does anything, he'll be in contention. So I like the 9K range a lot. Like, I'm not terribly against getting two, even three of these 9K range options 
and going from there. Cantley at the top does stand out to me. The other one, though, that I'll go to is Bryson. When you think about Pete Dye courses, when you think about just Bryson in general, he's had success on Pete Dye courses. You can use the stereotype of him being the smart mathematical guy and, and really understanding how to play these courses. But 9,100, I just like the way his game's trending. I mean, he had a T20 here last year, T37, but his game has never been trending better. Um, he's coming off of a, a, a second place finish at the WGC Mexico. He's coming off of the Genesis where he finished fifth. And at this point, his game is, is really clicking. Like he gained a ton of strokes putting. And if that's going to happen, and he's a fine putter, last 20 rounds, 1.7 strokes game putting, but he gained six strokes putting at the WGC Mexico. It's just a spot where I'm very comfortable getting to Bryson at this price point because it's hard to see what the downside is in Bryson's game where he's at right now. As I record this, I mean, he's made the cut right now at the Arnold Palmer, the API. He's currently a T32 um, and everything looks to be okay for him. It's just, I mean, it's a a tough contest right now. You have just the winners right now in Hatton, who's been absolutely fantastic at seven under. He's at even. So we'll see what Bryson can do on the weekends. But regardless of what that outcome is for him, a fine first two days for Bryson. We'll see what the weekend does. But at 9,100, it's it's just hard to ignore a guy who this past week, and yes, this is a more difficult field in terms of the top end guys, but was just a $10,000 plus player. Bryson stands out, Cantley. I prefer Cantley than Bryson. And then you can talk me into Xander after that. You can talk me into Webb. Fleetwood, I'm, I question the upside there in this type of a field, but he's had back-to-back t- top 10 finishes here. So yeah, I, I really like this 9K range. Um, let's head into the 8K range now, where you're going to see just a bunch of names that seem underpriced. It's like a major field. So fifth major makes sense for DFS at least, because you're going to see a lot of guys underpriced here. Like you get Hideki at 8,800, a guy who's consistently been a $10,000 plus player. And now he's not even in the 9K range. And I assume this is just going to come with a ton of ownership. I mean, if you look at Hideki's ownership, waste management in the farmers, over 20% owned in the big GPP, um, around 14% ownership at the WGC Mexico, similar at Genesis. So he usually picks up ownership and that's when he's expensive. Now imagine his ownership when he's a uh, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars cheaper than he has been as of late. So I mean Hideki, his game in terms of one upside, it, it's been getting close, right? Uh, a sixth place at the WGC Mexico, a fifth at the Waste Management. His worst finish was at the Farmers, forty fifth. That's not going to get it done for you at this price point. But if he gets the T twelve that he got at Sony, if he gets the T sixteen that he got at the Waste Management, it's not going to kill you at eighty eight hundred. Yeah, I like Hideki. I think the entire field's going to like Hideki. So if he comes in as the highest owned golfer at like 40 percent owned you can get off of any golfer at that ownership number. But if Hideki comes in around average ownership, 15, 18, maybe even 20, I'll be fine with it. $8,800 is a a strong price point for a guy who's had back-to-back top 10 finishes, who has gained strokes in pretty much every single event that I can see um, since going back to the Safeway in last September. That's the last time that he missed a cut, losing one stroke. So you're pretty secure for a made cut there when a guy's only missed really uh, one cut since September of last year, has not missed a cut, has not come anywhere close to missing the cut. Um, this year, I guess he steamboat, uh, steam raced a Friday finish to, to make the cut the one day, uh, the one week. But yeah, um, I believe that was a farmers. But yeah, the game looks fine. Like if you get anything from his putter, which is always the concern with Hideki, you'll do really good. And if you don't, you probably get a, a fine finish at 8,800. And then the other guy, um, the man who is playing to, to have to not go to war here in Sun Jae Im, um, man, it, it's not, it's hard not to like Sun Jae at this point. Um, what is the guy? Like, what can he possibly do wrong? He's coming off of a win. The upside is just so much there for a guy who's playing every single week, comes off a win, had the top, had the T10 finish at um, DA Max. And now if you just look at Sanjay right now, I mean, he's T4. Like, by the time you're listening to this, he might have won the API too, for all I know. Um, two strokes off the lead currently at the weekend. It's just the upside there is too much for this kid. He's 8,600, um, way more expensive than all the other 
younger players that we've seen as of late, but I, I think it's deservingly so, especially after you get the big win where he gained 13.3 strokes overall, 6.2 strokes on approach. Um, if you're talking about his approach game, he gains about a stroke over the last 20 tournaments, but over his last 10 tournaments, getting closer to two strokes approach play is going to be key here. His, his putter is fantastic, right? Last 20 tournaments, 2.2 strokes game putting. That is something that I love to see around the green play is fine to get you to those smaller greens. At Sunjay, 8,600, I like him. So uh, 10K plus range, Rory all the way up at the top. I mean, it's kind of a cheapie, but he's there for me. Cantley and Bryson in the 9K range stand out, but that range is loaded. The 8K range right now standing out to me is Hideki and Sunjay. There are still strong options. Paul Casey, Finau, Woodland, all these guys are strong options. Patrick Reed, right? You have a bunch of winners and T5 finishers in here so far this season. They're all going to be in play, but those are a couple of names that I wanted to get a little bit more deeper in because I like them. 7K range, another young kid coming off of Sunjay. We go right to the top at Colin Morikawa. And man, oh man, it's going to be really difficult to imagine Colin Morikawa not being a chalk bunny, some similar to maybe Sunjay and or Hideki. Now, maybe it's just me and everybody else is not thinking this way, but look, Colin Morikawa are just on average. 21% ownership at the Sony. That's chalky. 15% and 16% at Waste Management and the Farmers. That's average to higher ownership. 26% at the Genesis. That is extreme chalk. 17% at the um, WGC Mexico. That is average tire ownership. The guy's going to have ownership. And now he's 7,900, the cheapest that we've seen him in a while because this is a loaded field. And you're getting him playing fine. Like the, the thing with with him right now, Morikawa, is everything looks fine except the putter. Last 20 rounds, losing a stroke game putting. Last five tournaments, losing 2.2 strokes game putting. Like he's lost now in five out of his last six events, only gained at the Farmers where he ended up finishing 21st. But his irons are so good, which matters here. His approach play is number one in this field that if you get anything, like just don't lose five strokes or six strokes like at, at Mexico. Don't lose five strokes like you did at Waste Management and still finish 25th. If you just lose one stroke, like one stroke lost here with his approach play and his irons on a Pete Dye course, he should finish T20 or better at 7,900. If he gains a stroke, he's going to be top 10. He's going to finish top 10. So, I mean, you saw him at the Tour of Champions. The smaller field finishes seventh. He only loses a half a stroke putting. So if anything from the putter comes from Morikawa, he is just so elite everywhere else right now with his game. I mean, gaining over three strokes over his last 20 tournaments on approach. Uh, gaining five strokes tee to green. So it's it's a strong play. Um, if he starts to become the 30, 40% owned guy, I'm a lot more okay to fade that because the putter has been an issue. But for right now, it looks pretty fine. Uh, this range is loaded with some guys. Mark Leishman, another guy that um, when you're just looking at some of the things as of late, uh, Leishman standing out obviously gets, gets the win this year. And this price range, when you have a guy that has that much of a win upside around him, I do think that it at least makes him interesting. You have Leishman right now. He did make the cut. He's, he's finished right now. He's three shots, sh- shots off the lead as we approach the weekend at the Arnold Palmer. And he's been fine there. Um, the up and down part for Leishman is really what does he do with his putter? As of late, he's lost uh, in four out of his last six events. He's lost in three out of his last four. Farmers, he got absolutely hot, gaining eight strokes with the putter. So I do have interest in Leishman. This upper 7K range is very strong. I mean, you have Hovland coming off of a win at the Puerto Rico Open. Benny Ann is somebody who always picks up ownership. Right now, I'm not going to be as interested unless he is low owned. I'll get there. Kuchar's a guy who has made the cut here four straight years. He's had a T3 in 2016, a T26 last year. Always safe. Morikawa stands out in this range. Leishman stands out in this range. But don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of strong players here. Hatton, who's leading right now at the API as the weekend approaches a, sh- a stroke over the field. Um, we've seen him only a couple times this year. He's obviously, a, as of the weekend goes, unless he erupts, he's going to finish with a fine finish at the API, finish six at the WGC Mexico. And a lot of things have been clicking for him. Extremely, extremely impressive approach game right now and around the green. So at 7,400, especially if he wins, you're going to get a lower betting number, but a fantastic DraftKings number on him. His recent form looks really good. Um, going down a little bit more to the bottom of this range, always a guy that I end up putting in player pools. Ortiz let a lot of people down at the last spot, but Lanto Griffin, um, yeah, 7,100. He's above 7K now. You're going to just get normal ownership on the guy. Maybe he picks up a lot more ownership now if people are trying to force in Rory, but 
10, 8% ownership on Lanto, a guy who's a strong putter, gains over a stroke over his last 20 tournaments, a guy who's around the green play might be his only concern here, does gain over the last 20, but just barely. Approach play is not as strong, but look, you're getting down to these cheaper players where I think that Lanto stands out. I think if you get no ownership on a guy like Charles Howell III at 7,100, he's at a fair price point for a consistent player. I've not seen him here all that much though. So those are the ones in the low 7K range that stand out. Now we're going to just pick a guy out of these 6K ranges, 6,900 to 6,500. There's options. Like Russell Knox has been bad, but I mean, there's options there. Uh, Obviously, Taylor Gooch is somebody that I always end up getting to. Uh, Griot is a guy who's been fine here making the cut the last three years when you talk about approach play and how that works out for Griot. Yes, it's fantastic. When you talk about around the green and putting being important on smaller um, greens here, that's not as great. Furyk with the T2 last year, like this range is, is pretty nice, but I'll go to my boy, Max Homa here. Max Homa not really ever picking up ownership at this price point though, as his recent play has been and where his price point currently is, I would not be shocked if Max Homa does finally pick up ownership, but who knows? People might not be looking down here and I doubt a ton of people will. He barely gets through the cut line on the number at plus three at the Arnold Palmer. We'll see how he finishes there very wonky weekend. But I mean, before that, if you're just looking at what he's done this year, since the farmers, he's had three top tens, his worst finish during that time in four events, a T14 at the pro-am. So he's just been hot with the putter. Like you're, you're going to see him over his last 20 tournaments, gaining just barely with the putter over his last five tournaments. He's gaining 1.6 strokes putting. Um, and in three out of those four, he's gained over two and a half strokes putting. So like the putter is at an unsustainable level, but is it something that's going to quickly search, right? It's, it's trying to weight his recent form compared to his historical form. Historical form says he'll probably um, just regress a little bit. But even if he regresses to a T25, a T30 finish at his $6,600 price point, heck, even if he just makes the cut and regresses to his, his worst finish of the year so far, a 48th at the AMAX, right? If he's going to be doing that for you, and I'd rather not have a 48, but he's 6,600. So you have the upside of a guy who's playing fantastic, We'll see how he finishes at the Arnold Palmer, but he's made every single cut so far this season. Worst finish was a 48th at the A-Max. We'll see again what happens at the Arnold Palmer, but the upside's there for this guy. His putting has been very strong. Um, pretty much what you see out of him all the time is is a fine off the tee game. Uh, his uh, Everything has looked different for Hama. That's all I'm saying so far this season. Approach, off the tee, around the green, putting. Everything has... He's been gaining in all those since the start of uh, 2020. So something has changed. I don't know if all of that falls apart in one week. Even if the putting goes out the window a little bit, he still has everything else that has been strong. And at this cheap price point, I'm willing to take a risk on it. I'll stop right now just to say before we get to the final range that if you're still watching and you're interested in trying a, a DFS snake draft, so like if you do baseball, NBA, fantasy football, you do a snake draft with your friends and your family or coworkers, whatever. Drafters.com does DFS snake drafts and they do have PGA available. They're going to have bigger prize pools for the players. So be sure to check out drafters.com. It's linked up down below. You can just do a snake draft. You go through, you pick your golfer that you want. There you go. Bang, bang, bang. You can rank them as well. Who do you think is going to have the most points? And then it's, it's a tournament just like any other DFS site, except there's no salary cap. So if you want to try that out, you want a hundred percent deposit bonus up to $50. You can use the promo code SAL100. That is SAL100. Get you 100% deposit match up to 50 bucks. You want to try it out with $10? Get another $10 on the house if you use that code to let them know that you came from me. That is drafters.com. If you're watching on the video version, that is a picture that is above my head. Final range here, the $6,400 and below. Look, I think there's solid options in this range. I mean, depending on how you want to go, you have Nick Watney, Pat Perez, or guys that I sometimes get to. Um, but the guy who's standing out to me, $6,100, almost a flat minimum, Sebastian Munoz. Look, so he missed the cut at the Sony. He missed the cut at the Farmers. He's a $6,100 player who's made four out of the six cuts this year. And in uh, three out of those, he's finished T26 or better with a T14. He's coming off of at Mexico, the best spot that we've seen him at, A-max at T21. So Munoz is coming in here at $6,100. And 
Look, he's he's normally like 68, 66 in most fields, and he's been performing completely fine for those price points. What are you getting out of him? Well, you're getting a solid putter, uh, 1.2 strokes gained over his last 20 rounds. He's gained 1.9 in each of his past two contests. You're getting a player that on approach is strong, something that I really like to see here, coming off the best approach round that we've seen from him uh, of all time with a 6.9 strokes gained on approach at, at at least measured rounds wise at Mexico. So look, Munoz at 6,100. I think it's just a pricing error by DraftKings. Like he should be like Hama should be in the 7k range, the low 7k range, in my opinion. And Munoz should be somewhere in the upper 6k range, uh, probably like 6,800 this week. But you're getting him at a very cheap price point. He's been playing absolutely fine. There's not a lot that I can say negative about Munoz. Now, now, obviously there are some, like when you lose seven strokes at the Farmers, you missed the cut. When you barely missed the cut though at the Sony, so that's encouraging. Like you missed the cut just barely, but the Farmers, he blows up. Any of these guys in this low 6K range, any of the guys in the 6 and maybe even the 7K range, um, you're going to see them have a blow up round sometime this year. That's what happened to Munoz at the Farmers. But other than that, he's been a pretty consistent golfer for the price point. So $6,100 Munoz does stand out. Again, this is sort of the first cursory look at what we're seeing here for the players. We got the salaries early, so I figured let's just make a video. They came out Friday uh, night. I said, let's just make a video Saturday morning as soon as we can. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this. I'll be back later in the week to talk when the betting lines come out. We'll do a betting video for the players and I'll touch on some more of the DraftKings things that stand out. And then you can get the final thoughts on Wednesday on Patreon podcast with my data sheet. So be sure to check out Drafters. Use that promo code SAL100 if you want to try and get some free money to play over there. Be sure to check out the Patreon projections. But the biggest thing, hit the subscribe button on any podcast version you're listening to, get you into the raffle for $50. If you leave a review, if you're three extra additional entries into that raffle, not a lot of people do it. So if you want a pretty easy to get 50 bucks, like probably a, a 10 to 20% chance, you can do that. And then over here on the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You all rock. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and a great start to your week. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.